What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Modern Business, our Wednesday episode of Modern Happiness, where we talk about all things business. And I'm your solo co-host, Matthew Allen. And really, I'm speaking to the people out there who was Matthew five years ago, working in a dispassionate, they were a dispassionate employee, working a job that they didn't love. You know, like me, I didn't hate my job, but I didn't love it. I knew I had a greater purpose in life. I didn't want to be building someone else's dream. I didn't want to be kind of trudging through life. Uh, the moments where I was walking in New York City, <laughs> walking to my job, and I would look at a, uh, the garbage driver or the UPS driver, delivery man, and I'd be like, you know, that doesn't look so bad. I could listen to podcasts all day, and I could just do my own research on stuff, and then um, my job wouldn't be so damn stressful, uh, things like that. And, you know, of course, I'm sure that guy would look at me and say the same thing, but uh, I wanted a job where I could wake up and be happy, not a job where I'm dreaming of doing something completely different or staring up at the airplanes in the sky being like, man, I wish I was on there. I wish I was flying somewhere out of this, out of, out of New York City. Uh, you know, if that feels like you, uh, or even if you are an entrepreneur and you're looking to grow your business on social media, uh, create an offer, make more money, those types of things, that is what I'm here to do. So today, I want to talk about something that um, I know stops a lot of people from starting. Now, in talking with some of you guys, I know money is probably the number one thing. You know, you're, you're used to a steady paycheck and you're really worried about, uh, well, you know, how can I guarantee income? Uh, coming up in the next few weeks, I'm going to actually bring guests on to talk about that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop. I'm not going to talk about that today, but I did want to bring it up because I know it is something uh, if you're listening and you're like, it's money. It's money for me. I know it's money. I know that's a big topic. Of course, that's kind of the world we live in. Uh, so I'm going to bring a guest on and we're going to talk about that. We're going to dive deep down the money rabbit hole. But today I'm going to talk about something a little bit different, kind of a mixture of more my expertise of mindset and also marketing. And this is the idea that, well, the market that I want to enter is saturated. So you're thinking you're in a saturated market. And then that kind of combines and compares, uh, I said, or I would say a good addition to that is, why would someone buy from me? Right? That is a big line that I hear from a lot of people all the time. I know I had that same line, you know, as a personal trainer, why would someone choose me as a personal trainer when there's all these other, you know, world-class, amazing personal trainers out there? So I wanted to address those two topics, saturated market, and why would anyone buy from me? And I think those thoughts, those deep-rooted thoughts are a lot of what's stopping a lot of people from starting. You know, there's already other people doing this. There are people who have been doing this way longer than me um, that are probably better than me at this. Why would anyone choose me? And yeah, and my market's too saturated. Well, there's already a million people doing this. So how can I possibly make money? And that is a lack mindset. We want to get in that abundance mindset. Uh, so let's talk about that saturated market. Uh, I want to address the fact that a saturated market is actually a really good thing, right? A saturated market means that there's a desire for your product, for your offer. So in a few of my examples, you know, I work a lot with personal trainers, as a lot of you know, and that could be a saturated market. There are so many personal trainers out there. But when you look at Let's take America, for example. I looked this up earlier this summer. Uh, there are 350 million, 350 million overweight people in America. And I'm not here to rag on you or, or pick on anyone, but my point is that there's a need, <laughs> there's a need uh, for personal trainers. If the market was so saturated, then nobody would be overweight. Everybody would know how to do fitness and there wouldn't be a problem. But you see, there is a problem here to solve. And that if people aren't getting those problems solved, if people are overweight and want to, you know, lose weight or live a healthier lifestyle, 
uh, but they're not finding personal trainers that they vibe with or maybe personal trainers even aren't, aren't on the top of their mind, but maybe that person follows you on social media. That's a chance for you to get a potential client, right? So we think, oh my God, because we are in the world of, for example, if we keep using personal trainers, whatever it is for you, right? Put yourself in those shoes. You're in this world. If you're a graphic designer, if you're someone who, you know, is a woodworker, a painter, uh, if you're in skincare, if uh, whatever it is, if you're a wellness coach, we're in the wellness world. So this is what we surround ourselves with. So we think it's oversaturated. But in reality, when you think you're about your ideal client, they're not surrounded by all this stuff. You know, they're probably not following all these wellness coaches. They're not following uh, uh, people who teach woodworking or whatever your niche is, right? But they're following you. So it's a great opportunity for you to get in front of them. Um, but getting back to the point is that if you think your um, market is saturated, then that just means it's a profitable niche. It's a profitable market. So again, going back to personal trainers, yeah, there are a lot of personal trainers out there, but there are also a lot of overweight people. There are a lot of people who can use help with nutrition or working out, uh, a lot of injured people, things like that. People living with chronic back and knee pain uh, that haven't gotten their problems solved. So this is just a great indication that if there's a lot of need out there, then um, then it's a great opportunity for you to find potential clients. Uh, we can think about this like with alcohol. You can't tell me that alcohol is not the most saturated market out there. And then if we go a little bit deeper, right? If we create a niche inside alcohol, hard, oh, I was going to say hard, um, seltzers, you know, White Claw, truly. There, you, you can walk in the grocery store. I walked into my grocery store the other day and the whole front case of the alcohol section is probably 50 different brands of different seltzers, you know, hard seltzers. Um, and you got to look at that and think to yourself, this is an incredibly saturated market. But the fact is that there is such a demand for seltzers that it's okay. You can enter that market and make a profit. That's why all these companies are doing it, right? There's there's freaking Stewart's, root, the root beer. If you guys know Stewart's root beer, they made a seltzer. And it's like their classic root beer and they have the orange creamsicle and it was delicious. I actually bought some because kind of reminded me of like my childhood and I've always loved that root beer. I'm like, well, this seems interesting. A seltzer root beer. Like, let me give this a shot, uh, which will, which will tie in nicely into our, you know, why, why would someone buy from me? Um, but it's such, it, it, you, you might think you might look at that, uh, alcohol case and say, wow, this is a saturated market. There's already 50, hundred brands with their own seltzers. I shouldn't enter this market. But if you're like, if you have a love for seltzers, you're like, I can make a great seltzer. Uh, then just look at, look at liquor stores, look at the need, look when COVID happened, how many people freaked out because liquor stores were shut down and they go, you know, the government says only necessity, what do they call it? Only necessity businesses will stay open like grocery stores, right? Uh, they shut down liquor stores, but like within a week, people are freaking out. They opened up liquor stores again. So you can see with that saturated market, but there's such a high need for it that really anyone can enter that market and make money off of it. Right, and especially when they were limiting the amount of people that could go into liquor stores. I remember uh, in Denver, Colorado, Molly's Liquor. Uh, it's a pretty big, kind of like a warehouse liquor store. There was lines around the block because they could only let a certain amount of people in, but people were standing there and waiting to buy their alcohol because it's 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 a high need. People want their drinks. So, whatever your market is, it doesn't ha obviously alcohol is a big thing, but um, I just want you to get you to think like. Just, just because you think your market is saturated, well, let's look at this from a different lens. 
if there's so many people doing this, then that probably means there's a high need for this. Uh, so that's the next question I would ask yourself. Is there a high need for this? Is there a gap in the marketplace or is there room for you in the marketplace? Because potentially your marketplace could be saturated. But here's where I still think that, no, <laughs> I disagree. I don't think there are that many saturated marketplaces. Uh, well, they might, on the, again, on the surface might seem saturated, uh, but deep down, there's always room for you. And here's the next point, right? Here's, I guess, problem number two, or what's stopping people number two, which is why would someone buy from me? Cool, if there's all these alcohol out there, uh, all these alcohol brands out there, these seltzer brands, why would anyone buy my brand? Or why would anyone buy my product? Uh, before I get into that, I wanna talk about <laughs> the markets that I've entered, right? Per I was a personal trainer, but then I was a business coach for personal trainer. I was a photographer. You don't think everyone's a photographer nowadays? Um, and, and now I'm a business coach for um, people in the corporate life, trying to escape the corporate life. So, you know, let's just pick one of those. If we talk about when I was a business coach for personal trainers, yes, there were a lot of people out there already doing what I was doing. Uh, we talk about a business coach for the corporate worker. There's already a lot of people out there teaching this stuff. There's already a lot of business coaches. So why would anyone buy from me? Because of me, right? And this is what goes into that next topic. Why would anyone buy from me? It's because of you. People buy from you because of you. So let's just get into this. We need to talk about storytelling. People buy from you because of you. And the, I think the biggest mistake I see people making like on social media, not just in their own mind, right, of being like, why would anyone buy from me? But when you look at social media and people are just posting their product constantly, just their product, it's just their product, uh, and it's a lot of how-to content. Uh, and as I'm saying this, I'm realizing I've fallen into the trap of now doing too much how-to content. I got to get back to what I teach and coach, which is such a great reflection to have in this moment on the podcast. Um, but yeah, it is storytelling. You know, it is creating a connection with your audience. So I'll give you an example. Why do we like movies? Why do we like certain movies? Why do we hate certain movies? Why do we think some movies flop? And I really take notice in this, especially right now, I'm home with my family for Christmas and you know, we're watching some movies and I'm like, what makes this a really good movie? How come the whole family didn't really like this movie? Why do we watch TV shows? Why do we read books? It's because of good storytelling. This is something that is never going to go out of style. The human race has been telling stories since the dawn of time. Still, storytelling is so important to our survival as human beings, right? If someone from the tribe went down to the water well or the river or whatever to, to fill the bucket for water and they got bitten by a snake and they come running back and they go, oh my God, I got bitten by a snake. It was black, then yellow with a red stripe in the middle and then yellow and then back to black, right? They describe, they tell the story. What happened? Where was the snake? It came out of a hole in the ground or it came out of the bush or blah, blah, right? They tell a story so that the other tribes people can now learn and go, okay, like watch out for the holes in the ground when you're filling up the water and especially watch out for the snakes that are, oh, right? And then that guy dies, right? He gets poisoned, the snake kills him. Oh, oh, the black, yellow, I don't know snakes by the way, so don't call me out on this, but the black, yellow, red snake like killed Michael. <laughs> Michael's dead because that snake bit him. And then someone, you know, a week later goes, oh my God, I also got bit by a snake, but it wasn't black, yellow, red. It was black, red, yellow. And that one didn't kill me. So now they start learning through storytelling. They start learning. It's, it's so important to our survival. And then just getting back 
to movies and why we like movies, why we like books is because it's creating this connection for us, this deep connection. So imagine I told you, hey, uh, we're going to watch a movie about a man who was wrongly convicted of, of murdering his wife and he escapes from prison. Okay, cool. I might be interested in that movie. But if the movie is just very surface level, man gets convicted, he spends time in prison, he escapes from prison, and that's kind of the movie. You know, there's not a lot of story behind that movie. But when we think of a movie like Shawshank Redemption, one of my all-time favorite movies, short story written by my one of my favorite authors, Stephen King. Uh, for those of you who don't know Shawshank, I'll do my best not to uh, not to give spoilers, but it's very, I think it was 1994. So if you haven't seen it by now, it's honestly not my fault. Um, but inside the movie, this guy is wrongly convicted of murdering his wife and he gets sent to prison. And it's a story about justice, about hope, friendship, and humility. You learn or you go through this journey with him of him being wrongly convicted. You go through him being sent to prison. And he's a very quiet guy. You go through him getting raped in prison and his relationship with the warden, which wasn't really a great one. And his, the relationship he built with Red, who's played by Morgan Freeman, and all these other relationships he has with the people throughout prison and uh, the storyline you go through. And you start to get to know this guy and you start to really root for him because you're behind his story. And this is why it's so important that this is what we start doing on social media. Why are people going to buy from you? Because of you, because of your story and the connection that you get to build with someone. So what I said before, where I'm like, if this was just a movie about a man who's wrongly convicted and he escapes from prison and there's there's no storytelling, there's no relationship building, then we don't really root for him. If they didn't tell us the backstory about his wife, you know, we wouldn't really care that much. Uh, if we didn't get so involved in his, uh, in his relationship with Red and how beautiful that friendship was and his and um, Andy Dufresne's, you know, search for for escape. And Red says, that's dangerous, you know, to think of a world outside of here, you're never leaving. And you know, you really start to get invested in these characters. If we don't, if that doesn't happen, the movie isn't very good. And we're not as invested. But what does happen is that we get invested in these relationships. And we want Andy Dufresne to escape, we want him to win, we want him to build the library, we want all these things for him. And we want Red, you know, we feel bad for Red, we want him to Go to his uh, his hearing, I forget what they're called, you know, and, and say the right thing so he can eventually uh, leave Shawshank. So we get really invested in these stories. And what I see a lot of people doing, I mean, first it starts with that thought, right? Who's going to buy from me? Well, this is it, your story. And so when you do show up on social media, when you do start talking about your product and your service, you need to interweave your story with how you're the expert for your product, right? And that kind of goes up to that saturated market, right? You have to you have to differentiate yourself. If you differentiate yourself, there, there might not be a whole lot of different differentiation between me and maybe another business coach. I'm sure there is between a lot of business coaches, right? But what does separate me is me, the way I coach, my background story, right? So there's a lot of people who reach out to me and say, you know, wow, I used to be an engineer and I don't like it and like all this stuff, right? So they connected with me on the fact that they're also an engineer. You see how important it was for me to talk about engineering, to talk about that. I rode my bike cross country. People get inspired and motivated by that stuff. And it's a very specific story to me to show you that I've done this. I've gone through this. I've had these thoughts, right? But if you're just showing up on social media and only talking about how to, how to do this, how to do this, how to do this, uh, 
uh, you just kind of blend in with the crowd. And you do blend in with those other people who maybe have a million followers. It's like, yeah, you're saying the same thing as them. So how do we differentiate ourselves? We tell our story and we create a connection. So I'll give you another example of why you are the reason people will buy. So there are a lot of people here who might be avid listeners of the Modern Happiness Podcast. You are here and this is the Modern Business episode. So when you think about Modern Happiness or maybe you're new here, if you think about other podcasts that you love, your favorite podcasts, right? You start to develop a relationship with the host. Because you listen to Taylor and I talk about our personal problems, how we've grown, our stories. When I talk about my bike trip and then Taylor and Deuce make fun of me for it and I got to put a dollar in the bike jar, which we still don't have. We really it's been a year. We got to we got to get the bike jar uh the dollar bike jar thing. Anyway, um when you hear these jokes and we start to laugh about things, you are part of our tribe. You, We've now created a connection with you. Even though we have no idea who you are, we probably don't know who's, you know, we know a few of you listeners and our loyal listeners and you tag us. We love that stuff. Uh, but a lot of you, we don't know. But you feel like you know us. You feel like you know us because this is such a long, this is why I love podcasts, because it's long form. We get to chat and tell stories and, and tell you what we're dealing with and how we've gotten through some of our struggles and things we've learned and all this stuff, right? Uh, and we start to tell jokes and things like that. So we start to create this connection and you feel like you know us, even though we don't know you. And now you feel like you start to like us. And because you know us and you like us, you start to trust us that if we were to make an offer for a product, if Taylor talks about his life coaching or I talk about my business coaching, that you are more likely to buy from me compared to a different business coach because you feel that connection. Right, and I'm sure you have felt that with other, uh, with other podcasts, or maybe even TV shows. Maybe you don't listen to a ton of podcasts. Maybe you have a favorite TV show, like The Office. Or uh, I'll give you an anecdote from my life. I binge watched Lost. Remember the TV show Lost? I binge watched that show so hard. Like, I think they're hour long episodes. I I watched like four episodes a night for a few weeks up to like season five. So hours and hours of that. And I remember when I finally caught up, I woke up the next day and I'm like, I wonder how Jack's doing. I wonder how Sawyer and Kate are doing. Right? I'm actually like thinking these people are part of my life and that their storyline has gone on outside the TV show. That's what has happened, right? Because inside that show Lost, they've created I'm I'm emotionally invested in their love life and their stories and their their desire to escape from this island, right? I I'm I'm deep within that world. So now I've created this connection. Now they're on my mind. So these are the two things, right? <sighs> that I have a saturated market and why would anyone buy it from me? Well, saturated market really is probably a good thing. And why would anyone buy from you? It's exactly because of you. So if you're having these thoughts, this is where we need to start. What does your story look like? You know, what have you learned? How, how can you show people that, um, you know, that, or I, let me say this differently. How can you connect with people <laughs> through your story, right? When I talk about when I sold Bitcoin for $1,600 or $1,200 of Bitcoin, which would have been $18,000 now, but I sold that to invest in myself in a photography course, which allowed me to exponentially grow as a person, as an entrepreneur, uh, all those things. Like I wouldn't trade that for the $18,000 that I'd have in the bank right now. I would never trade that. 
See, by telling that story, that creates a connection with you because maybe you're saving money for what, right? And in that, I told a story of how I was saving money so I could retire earlier. Maybe that's what you're doing, saving money to retire earlier. But if you took that few thousand dollars of savings and invested it in a coach to help you get to where you want to be, maybe that could also change your life the way it changed mine, right? So I'm creating connection with you. When I talk about my teddy bear, Henry, when I talk about being an engineer, when I talk about the bike trip, when I talk about all these things, these personal anecdotes from my life, it creates a connection. And maybe it wasn't exactly what it was like for you in your life, but you can find yourself in that story. And that starts to create that connection with me. And you buy from people that you trust, you know that you, you know and you like. Someone just, right, when you get these cold DMs, uh, maybe some of you in your Instagram, they're cold DMs. There's no connection with these people. You're kind of like, fuck off, dude, get out of my DMs. Um, I'll actually pause and tie that into um, if any of you out there have ever made an offer, if you've actually tried to sell your product, maybe some of you are entrepreneurs and are just looking to grow. Who were your first sales? If you're a photographer, who bought your first photo? If you're a personal trainer, who was the first person you trained? Or think of the first three purchases. So often, like 90% of the times, it's someone we already know. Somebody who wants to support you. Somebody who's seen your journey, right? Somebody who's seen me be healthy since I was 14 years old or working out since I was 14 years old. And then I'm, you know, 26. And I'm like, I'm a personal trainer now. They've seen the progression. They know me. They know my story. They know all these things. They go, yeah, Matt, like I'll hire you. I trust you, right? It's because I've built that relationship for so long. So that's what we want to do uh, as far as your content goes. Um, but even put your content aside. If you, if you want to sell your first offer, go talk to people who already know what you do. Talk to people who have seen your journey, who know, like, and trust you. Go talk to those people. They'll be your first customers. And some of you may have already experienced this. So you go, oh, wow, my first, my first client was someone I knew for five years. They were a friend from high school. They were my aunt or my uncle or my mom or a close friend or whatever it is. If you have that aha moment, <laughs> let me know on Instagram. I'd love to know if you guys, if anything comes through on this. But uh, now you realize that, wow, I should start creating more connections, deeper connections with my audience um, on social media. And if... Uh, if you want to go out and make a sale right now, go find those people who, this is what I would call a hot lead. Go find those people who are already hot leads, right? You're not trying to just find cold leads. In your audience, you have cold, warm, and hot leads. Go after those hot leads. These are people already know, like, and trust you. And if you want to take a cold lead to a hot lead, you create connections. You start conversations with them. Get to know them a little bit, and they get to know you. And that's one of the reasons why I love podcasts, because I get to know the host so well, so deeply. And then I trust them because if I want to buy from them, that's what I want to know. I want to know that I can trust them and podcasts allow you to do that. And that's why I like coming on podcasts so I can create this relationship with you guys so I can go a little bit deeper. Uh, that's why I like long form content so I can go a little bit deeper with you guys, tell you stories, tell you that I like Shawshank Redemption. You go, that's also my favorite movie, right? This is very a meta podcast where I just said, I like Shawshank Redemption. You say, oh my God, me too. We just created a little bit of connection there. So I'm just building more connection in this very podcast that is teaching you how to build, well, I'm not really teaching how to build connections. I, really, we can do that another time because I'm trying to keep these podcasts a bit shorter. But what I'm trying to get you to see is that you need to start creating connections. All right. Um, so to, to, to recap there, uh, if you feel like, 
what's stopping you from getting started in your business or what's stopping you from really growing if you if you feel like you've plateaued in your business you know it might be these oh, i have a saturated market why would anyone buy from me you have to understand that saturated market is a good thing and people will buy from you because of you all right people will buy from you because of you i ask my clients all the time why did you buy from me uh because they felt like they could trust me right you weren't some scummy person in the dms uh, I could tell you knew what you were, you were talking about, but uh, even that, it's never my knowledge that people say they hire me for. It's the connections I made with them every single time. When I sell my four-figure offer, thousands of dollars, people tell me it's because of the connection I made with them, not because I sounded like the expert. Woo! Yeah, I really got to get back to <laughs> creating more connection pieces of content. Um, it is, uh, I'm filming this on December 27th, so if you guys want to go look at my content, it's been very much how-to content recently, so... I love having, I'm having a breakthrough with you guys right now. Uh, I need to get back to creating more connection pieces. Uh, and you know, this is why, this is why we hire coaches because uh, sometimes I don't see this stuff in myself. So to have a coach to be like, hey Matt, you've been uh, doing a lot of how-to content. Maybe you should uh, mix it up a little bit. Yeah, I've been off my content calendar too, which is an important thing. Uh, having, having a content plan, super important. I'm on a bit of a tangent, but uh, <laughs> You can ride with me on this tangent as I'm having this little mini breakthrough. But uh, yeah, I need to be creating more connection with my audience. I've not been doing a good job of that. So I'm going to make sure I get to back to creating connection um, because that's one of the biggest reasons why people buy from you. Okay, so that's it, guys. Um, thanks so much. It's going to be F. Nope. It'll be right before the new year before this. So if you're following me on Instagram, I have a lot of great tools to hit your uh, New Year's resolutions, to hit your goals. So go check out some of my most recent posts. Um, and also if you want to game plan to leaving your job or even making money, uh, I know that's what held me back from my corporate job. Uh, I just didn't have a proper game plan. I didn't, like I was saying with my content, uh, content calendar, having a game plan is so important. You got to know where you're going. Otherwise you're just flying blindly. Uh, so I created a game plan. The link will be in the description. The link is also in my Instagram bio. It's $27. It's not a lot of money, but it keeps you financially committed to actually taking action because I know a lot of us will download these free things and we won't take any action on it. So my hope is that you spend 27 bucks, you take action. Right when you download it, do it. Do the work, right? Don't say, oh, let me download it and do it tomorrow. Don't download it yet. Download it when you're ready to do the work. So we're going into the new year. This is a great game plan for you to get your mind straight, set some goals, and take action on those goals so you can start making money off your passion. The link's in the bio. I love you guys. And until next time, peace.